It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three. Pierce with two. Hi everybody, thank you for listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm your host at Becca MVP, and I'm here with two special guests today. I'm here with Daryl at DK Junior Twelve. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm good after a win, of course. I'm always happy after the team wins. And I'm here with Diolante at Diolante D, and that's spelled D I A L A N T E capital D. How are you tonight? Doing great. Wizards win. Was Give me a little nice something to be happy about for once. It feels nice after a win, doesn't it? Because I've been here after a loss, and you go in the locker room, and the players, they don't really want to talk to you. That, that You can tell that they're down. But it, it was upbeat today. We had a funny interaction between Portis and Bryant during the postgame interviews. Everybody's having a good time, and 
the Wizards, they still have a chance to make a run at the playoffs here. They got plenty of games left, still got a chance to get it done. Agreed. Very upbeat locker room. It's always good to see. Still having fun. Mm-hmm. Still engaged. Hopefully they can make a run. See what happens. It's like a ripple effect whenever the players are in a good mood, we are. If they're in a bad mood, then we're all in a very awful mood, so... I co-sign everything. It's just, because when they're not in a good mood, you don't want to be in there. I mean, they're not terrible, but it's just the energy, you know? It's Mm -hmm. just the energy you can tell that they're frustrated, and we are too, so double frustration, double tension. (laughs) Yeah, but tonight they got a win, um, 100 to 90. In my opinion, it was a pretty solid game, despite the fact that the Wizards lost a larger lead, which Mm -hmm. seems to be a pattern with them. They kind of build a great lead in the first half and then the second half. The third quarter, they struggle. And they were able to get the win, so I'm not going to complain. First of all, I think I think we need to give Jabari Parker some credit. Oh, Jabari was playing lights out tonight. He had an incredible game. He was 9 of 12 today and didn't have a lot of turnovers. I know a lot of Wizards fans have been harping on about him this year. He only had three, he only had three today, which was most on the team, but was not a lot compared to how many turnovers we've seen in the past. He had 19 points today. They needed that because the other starters today, not very good, not very good day shooting, especially Besides Sato. Beal, that yeah. was pretty much it. Trevor struggled. Sadoransky struggled. It's a couple struggles, but um, Jabari Parker lifted the team up, especially off the bench. That's good. Mm-hmm. Along with Chase and Randall, Troy Brown got some minutes, had a couple good passes. Made a couple good moves for some layups, and it's good to see the young rookie making plays for the team, and it's good to see Jabari Parker coming off the bench and Randall coming off the bench and making plays for the team and helping them get a big win. Speaking of passes, I think there was a pass in the first half when Troy hit Bryant for a slam, and I mm-hmm. tweeted out, and I retweeted the video of it with the comments in all caps, why was he not playing sooner? And the, every time I... When I came early in the season, we didn't see him play. We were trying to, Becca and I and Bryna, we were trying to get a Twitter hashtag going to get Troy some minutes. And now with everything on the line, he's finally getting some minutes. And he's showing that court vision that we know he can have. And we know this team is desperately needed out of the side in that point guard position when John Wall is not in the game. Now that he's out, Troy's getting some minutes there at the backup point guard position, and he's been excelling, and that's where he can help this team. That's where they desperately need the help. Yes. First first man off the bench. Best plays seem to come when the ball's in his hands. Mm-hmm. He seems comfortable with the point guard position. Um, see what Scott Brooks does with him, and hopefully he continues to get more minutes and continues to make big plays for the team. And if he continues to make big plays, this team's going to go far. They need big plays right now. because they're, yeah. they're only a few games out of the eighth seed, which is Surprising with how this season has gone. You look at the schedule coming up. They still have, you know, they got Charlotte coming in here on Friday. They won today. Then next week, they've got Chicago away. They got to play Miami. Denver's going to be a tough game, but they've still got teams in the Eastern Conference ahead of them in the playoff race that they can nick some games off of and start getting back into this thing, get some enthusiasm back in this building if they continue to play well like they have been to start off this stretch. Yeah. They've won three in a row now. First of all, I'm going, I'm backtracking a little bit. I just want to say that the question of this season has always been, why has Troy Brown not been playing (laughs) the way that this team needs him to play? Not in a sense that he's playing bad. He's playing phenomenal, but why is he not getting the minutes that 
our first round draft pick should be getting, in my opinion. And he's great all around. Delante and I were talking before the game. Everybody else's first round pick is playing, and Mm -hmm. ours was down in the G League. And that's not to slight the G League play. He has been phenomenal there. He's been helping in his development, as Coach Brooks said during the post-game press conference. But you want to see him having these performances up here on the big stage. And he had a great game. He didn't score a lot of points. You know, he only had... Was it like six points as I'm looking here? Yeah, six points, but he had three big assists, so you extrapolate that. Tell me he had 12 points if you want to look at it like that, six by himself and three by creating opportunities. And you see that he had a huge game early in the season with the go-go, and I'm sitting there looking at it, I was like, if we had him up here, who knows where we'd be? Maybe we wouldn't be in this hole right now, but, you know... Ifs and buts, as they say. He's up here now. He's playing well, and they've got a chance at it, despite being 11th in the standings. This stat sheet does not reflect how Troy Brown plays tonight, in my opinion, because, like you said, you know, he can facilitate that ball movement, Mm -hmm. which is valuable itself just because it says six points. He really came through on some big absolutely so I agree with that yeah they don't get points for good passes unfortunately this is not 2k wish <laughs> wish they did though mm-hmm. yeah um with Troy Brown it's good that he's getting playing time now I wish it was earlier in the season mm-hmm. but I mean it's never too late to start once I believed once the Wizards started falling in the standings he should have started to get more playing time because as a rookie in the NBA you need to give your rookie time to make mistakes and have learning lessons We've seen it with Thomas Bryant. He had a good game today. He came in second-round pick, started um, starting for Ian Mahimney, and he's improving, and he's been improving all season. Mm-hmm. So these rookies need game time, especially when your team isn't winning and on the bottom of the standings to learn how to make correct plays or when should I should do this in this situation and if I should do that in this situation. So Got to get their reps in for sure. How so. big has Thomas Bryant been for this squad? You know, he was, drafted, he was drafted by the Lakers, got cut loose. We pick him up. We've been having this issue with the center position, I think, for the past three or four years now. Time. He comes in with Dwight being down with his injuries, Mahimi, well, being Mahimi. We don't have to go much <laughs> further than that on that situation. But he comes in. He plays extremely well. He's shown he can hit the three, which in the NBA now, everybody's got to be able to hit from the three with some regularity. And he's been dominating down low, getting the rebounds, getting some very flashy dunks. You know, he has been a revolution at the forward spot for this team. Mm -hmm. And I think he's making a case to get a contract to stay here long term, not just next year, but long term as well. And I think he's earning it for sure. Mm, I agree. He brings a certain energy to the team. Um, he has his flaws, but of course every young player does. But he never gives up on a play. He always brings that hustle, always brings that energy that the team needs that, you know, maybe the um, starters are struggling. He comes off the bench and brings that energy, and it transfers off to the starters. It is nice for Wizards fans to be able to enjoy a nice young player like Troy Brown, like Thomas Bryant, who brings a sense of refreshment to the organization and to the team and to the fan base. So I'm happy that Thomas Bryan is playing well. I'm happy he had a good game today. And the same goes for Troy Brown. And don't leave out Chase on Randall either. He was 5 of 7 today. Very efficient from the field. and hit 3 out of 5 from behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Chase on, I had to talk to him before the season. You know, he played for Real Madrid, won the Eurobasket title. So he brings some championship experience with them. And maybe that can help the Wizards as they're in the playoff hunt. And he talked today about how 
playing with the G League with the Capital City Go-Go's really helped his game. And I think that's the biggest thing that team provides to the Wizards is most of the other, for the other squads in the NBA, their G League team might be in another state. For the Wizards, it's right down in Southeast D.C. So they can send a player to go play at a home game, maybe say on Thursday, and he can be right back up in the main squad on Friday. So it allows you to send that guy to go get some reps, get some playing time before you come play the big game here at Capital One Arena. Then he comes in on Friday with some of that experience, with some more game shape on him, and comes out and has a good game. And Randall had a great game today. I'm right there with you. I mean, everything that we've seen from the bench was pretty decent tonight. And they're truly the reason why I think the Wizards were able to stay in this game and get this win. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they carry their productivity into the next game, which will be a challenge. Starters, hopefully they can come through as well and we'll be able to hold our own. That being said, I think that's pretty much the recap if you miss the game or if you watch the game but we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to discuss Dwight Howard and the status of his injury stick around this is Jake from Locked On Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history after beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011 Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news from local experts. I'm your host, Becca, and here with me is Daryl and Diolante, who have graciously agreed to do this podcast with me. We're at Capital One after the game. We're just going to speak on some topics that kind of the elephant in the room, one of them being Dwight Howard and his status. A few weeks ago, they said that Dwight was going to resume or start, I should say, on-court practice and things like that. But last time we checked, a couple days ago, or I don't know if it was today, that was said he hasn't played on-contact practice. He, yeah. he hasn't even started non-contact drills. I really don't think he's going to play this season. Um, and that, and that's, or play I think it is season. a wrap for him this season. Yeah, it's a wrap. They, especially when they brought up he had the hamstring injury um, during rehab. I mean, I didn't think he was going to come back. I mean, they won't say it, of course, but right. I think most Wizards fans know he's pretty much going to be done for the season. It was a bad start to begin with, with mm-hmm. the whole back injury and then butt injury and all that. So it never really got off to the right start. He played a couple games. Um, had some good games in there, but then had to shut it down again. He has that player option, which I'm sure he's probably going to pick up. So who knows? He may be back next year. Depends on what the Wizards want to do with him. So maybe with a whole healthy offseason and able to get back and practice fully with the team, 
Hopefully he can come back next year and be ready if he's called upon, if he's still here. I think he just wants to come back just to wash out the terrible taste in his mouth that has been this season because he started with the back injury, which then morphed into a butt injury, and we've all had our jokes about that, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then he got to play about eight or nine games, looked pretty okay. He looked okay, gave us some hope that while he's not Superman, and maybe still got a little bit left in the tank to help this team. He and still then he got it. goes down again. And now he's out for this long period of time. Then he has the hamstring injury. And, yes, Scott Brooks is not going to say, oh, we're going to shut him down. But from what it was said and the look on Scott Brooks's face when he said it, I don't think even he believes that Dwight is going to come back at this point. Because he hasn't even started non-contact yet. And there's only, what, about 14, 15 games in the season? So that's only a couple weeks. So unless they make the playoffs, and even then, it, it's, admittedly, it's probably just going to be a short stay in the playoffs for the Wizards, it's probably best for both parties if you just shut him down, allow him to take time to properly rest and rehab the series of injuries that he's had so he can come back completely healthy for 2019-2020. There shouldn't be any rush. I mean, having both those injuries, while they're kind of intertwined with each other from what it seems like, there's no reason for him to really rush back because there's no guarantee that this team is going to make the playoffs. And then even if they do make the playoffs, I don't think it's worth getting him like back on the court. Mm -hmm. And he would be playing restricted minutes anyways. You know, he wouldn't be a starting. He wouldn't be, you know, Superman, like you said. So I think it's just best if they, you know, call it a season with him, which they probably might have, but they we wouldn't know because they haven't announced it yet. Hopefully, he'll be able to rehab. And I don't know. Part of me thinks that this injury is way more serious than we're led on. So I just hope that he can come back healthy. I'll say it like this: if we don't hear anything by that Phoenix game on the twenty seventh, just assume that he's not coming back. At that point, he's going to have one, two, three, four. They're going to have six games left. So he's going to, in that time, start non-contact, get cleared, and then go to non-contact. And that's only about a week from that Phoenix game to the end of the season. He's not going to get cleared to play even restricted minutes in that amount of time. So we don't hear anything. If he hasn't started anything by that Phoenix game on the 27th, he's not coming back. And it's probably for the, probably for the best. Yeah. I would say just continue to develop Thomas Bryant and see what you have in Bobby Portis and just leave it at that. Dwight Howard will worry about that during the offseason mm-hmm. and just continue to have him work and rehab when the season's over, even if they do make the playoffs. There's no point to bring him back now. Right. Exactly. I've spoken to many people on Twitter, and I think I did ask, do you think Dwight Howard com- will come back? Should he? And most people have told me that they forgot he was even on the team. So I think that what said is pretty much the way it is, and I think Daryl's right. If we don't hear by that time, then we shouldn't expect him to come back. Before we move on, we had a funny interaction sitting watching the game from the press box. Yeah. And y'all were talking about uh, Dwight, which I didn't know was Dwight Howard. Something y'all talking about a media guy that like wasn't here. So I'm like, wait, who's Dwight? And then Brian looks at me like I got two heads, like, you know, Dwight. I'm like, oh, right. I thought thought y'all were talking about somebody somebody else else. because we haven't seen him. So I kind of forgot about him. 
for a second. Yeah. Unfortunately, so it's understandable that fans a kind lot of, of forgot, he's playing, forgot so. that he's still on the team playing, and that's pretty sad because he he's a great athlete. Unfortunately, this season was not in the cards for him. No. I am hoping that he'll have a speedy recovery. Well, as fast as it can be with a back injury and nerve problem and. All that jazz, right? Yeah. Sounds terrible. Uh, I mean, officially, it is listed as a L4, L5 lumbar microdisectomy procedure. That sounds very bad. So, <laughs> it does not, not a, sound good at all. I'm not a doctor, so the longer the procedure name, the worse it sounds. The worse so, that, it that's sounds. pretty bad in my amateur diagnosis. Well, there you have it. We're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss. Some of the events that have happened in the NBA these past couple days and how we feel and stick around. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, your daily news for local experts. I'm your host, Becca. Here with me are my guys, Diolante and Daryl. And before the game started, while we were watching warm-ups, these two guys kind of um, had a discussion on the most recent, I guess, big NBA news story, which is Russell Westbrook reacting to a fan basically demeaning him, throwing racial slurs, and just, I mean, it's just awful to me. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, okay, you better save this energy for the podcast. We're going to talk about this on the podcast because this is a very important topic. So for me, a lot of fans on Twitter kind of upset me when they're like, oh, that's Russell, out of control, crazy. Um, but the reality is these athletes are humans. At the end of the day, they're humans. They're out there doing their job. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're making a lot of money, but I, I question it because I wouldn't like it if someone came up to me while I was just trying to do my job and just trying to get throughout the day and say nasty, disrespectful things to me. And, you know, he probably gets this every single night. Mm -hmm. So eventually he's going to lash out and he's not going to take it anymore. And honestly, as a person, he's just defending himself like anyone else would. Let me say this. I go to Bowie State University. I went to Bowie State University, graduating class May 2018. Woo! And during the that time, I have been and still I have been doing play-by-play -play for the men's and women's basketball games there for on the CIAA Sports Network. And the things you will hear the fans say just in a Division II basketball game 
is ridiculous. And we go through this whole spiel before the beginning of the game. Be a fan, not a fanatic, and don't say, you know, racist, sexist comments. Da, 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 da. And the fans are saying things that if their parents were there, they'd probably smack them upside the head. Go that's just, timeout. Right, and that's just in D2. When we get to the NBA level with people that are paying three, four, five hundred dollars sometimes several thousand dollars for the seats where the fan that got into it with Russell Westbrook is sitting, these people just come out of their mouth with stuff that is so out of pocket that I myself am surprised that we haven't had a Malice in the Palace 2 yet. And I feel like, and I said this to Diolante, the that is the only thing that's going to stop people from saying this if one of these players runs up in the stands and decks them in the face. And it's sad to say that, but they have tried everything. They put the cards out on those seats saying, basically, watch your mouth. They tell you before the beginning of the game. I know they do that at Nats Park, you know, watch what you're saying. And these fans just don't get it. But then you say things, you only record when the player responds, and they try to make the player look bad and go, oh, well, he was threatening my wife. No, she's only five foot one, 110. Well, she was talking like she was, like she was six foot three, 320. You can't sell the wolf tickets and then somebody buy one and try to cash it in and then you get upset and try to run to the media. That's not how this works. That's not how it works. At if you're gonna sell the ticket, stand up. If you can't sell the ticket, sit down, shut up, and watch the game. I That's agree. how I feel about it. That's how I feel. Um on Twitter I actually responded to someone who um, responded to the Utah Jazz on their press release, you know, kind of saying that the fan is banned. Someone responded, this woman said, wait a minute, Russell Westbrook was not an innocent bystander in this. If the fan gets banned, so should he. He was just as much of a part of it as the fan was, if not more so. I don't believe the fan was doing anything more than normal haggling fans do. And my response to that was, so fans can yell racial slurs at players and demean the hell out of them and you think the players should get the same punishment for defending themselves. This isn't the 1950s. Please wake up and enter 2019. I have a better question. He's paid to be there. So how exactly are you going to ban him from two game checks a year? I look at that it is like not going to happen. I look at it like this. Um, like in any normal life, when when you're working a normal job and you have customers, mm-hmm. customers feel like they have a sense of entitlement and can talk to you any kind Absolutely. of way or talk down oh on you. Just to have, us, just to have normal people relate to right. the situation. So... These fans know what they're doing. They know what crosses the line. They know what doesn't cross the line. You know, mm-hmm. you have your boo, you suck, you suck, Westbrook, etc. You have your normal trash talk. And then you have your personal stuff. And they know what to say to try to get the best reactions out of players. So the player can react and they can record or somebody record and they get their 15 seconds of fame. Because that's the goal here. People want, you know... Um, view cameras on them. They want mm-hmm. people to have a mic in their face and explain, oh, what happened to, you know, to have that player react to you like that. Mm-hmm. And then they play victim. That's how it usually goes. These players are not, you know, your your peasants or, you know, your um, clowns or anything to watch and, your court and harass. Right. These are, these are multi-million know, these dollar are, athletes. Just yeah. because they're getting paid that much and you're paying for that seat, does not give you the right to dehumanize these athletes and I'm sick of it. Honestly, I don't I don't have respect for people that come to arenas and disrespect the athletes because at the end of the day, it's a game. Why do you have to throw racial insults? Why do you have to curse at them and call them things that 
you know, your worst enemy wouldn't even say to you, why do you have to treat total strangers like that? Like, I've just had it with them, and I have no respect for people who do that because, like Diolante said, there's a fine line between trash-talking and being funny and just disrespecting the player as a human being. And it's not just at the game where we're seeing this problem now. Every offseason we go through this on Twitter where guys either get traded or leave teams due to free agency. And we got the idiots. I don't, I don't know why this has become a thing. I know why I did. It started with the decision. When people start burning jerseys, mm-hmm. those jerseys are $300. At the end of the day, you know, if you're going to burn a player's jersey for leaving a team or, do, you know, making a, a move or going somewhere else, first of all, you're stupid because you're burning your own money. And second of all, Basketball is a business. Mm-hmm. Sports are business. They're not. While, while there are some choices that are, you know, personal and emotional, it's a business at the end of the day. And I think fans forget that and they take it personal, but they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't like accidentally breaking like this fifteen dollar like phone holder I have in my vehicle. I don't understand the people that willfully destroy items that they paid $300 plus for. These game replica jerseys. You can look up the actual price on Google if you want. But the last time I saw it the store, is $300, and you are burning that? If you don't want it, go sell it on eBay or give it to a homeless person or something. Right, don't Like, why are you burning good fabric? And it's just... Oh, my goodness. It's, I wish, I wish my mother would catch me burning a $300 jersey. I agree. It's because of the era we live in, which is social, social media. media. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to blow up. People want to go viral. That's the thing to do. And they see people burning jerseys and burning LeBron's Cleveland jerseys mm-hmm. when he went to Miami. And they see, you know, things like that make the news. Or, you know, it gets them 10 seconds of fame and they get a bunch of retweets and likes and stuff like that. So... People want that. People want people to pay attention to them, so they do attention-seeking things. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if they bought that jersey for $300. They say, oh, let me burn this or do something funny with it and watch it blow up on Twitter and go viral so I can get all this attention and people can look at me. And I mean, that's and that correlates to why people heckle the, poet, the way they do fans nowadays. It's even worse because it was... It's always been there. Mm-hmm. But now things are kind of worse because, you know, it's recorded now. And so they're trying to get players to react so they can have something to record and to have something to, you know, say, oh, he reacted this way when I just said, ice your knees. Mm-hmm. And it makes Which no sense. Which he didn't sense. say, ice yeah. your knees. And it makes no sense. But that's just the world we live in. And that's the era of social media we live in where you. You want you have people desperate to get attention. Hmm. And I mean that's just what it is, sadly. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast and you're burning a jersey or you've burned a jersey, I just want to let you know you make zero dollars and zero cents off Twitter, just like everyone else. And you wasted three hundred dollars on a jersey that you probably didn't even wear that much to begin with. Also the NBA already has your money and that player, I don't know how the contracts work with merchandise. But the player already, already has your received money compensation as well. for so, that jersey, so um, enjoy your clout. Before we move on, <laughs> quick sidebar. I actually got complimented. This was so weird. I was at a Mystics game 
God, years ago. And I just got complimented on my heckling by this, like, 87-year-old woman. That's when you and know I, you've succeeded in life, right? Yes. <laughs> I, I've never been complimented on my heckling before. She said it took her back to when she was younger. And I'm like, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> That was a confusing yet awesome time for me. Compliment to get. You know, you that's that's a good compliment, and I would take that any day over um, demeaning athletes. And you know what? That's a great compliment to have. I think I would take that compliment from someone any day than demeaning an athlete online or in real life, and then only recording the part that I want people to hear or yeah. see. I I'm just. I'm so disheartened by that situation, and Russell Westbrook is a superstar, and I know day in and day out, he can't go one game, one minute on the court without someone saying something nasty to him. So for people who say that, you know, oh, well, he should be able to handle it, he should be able to be the, you know, take the higher road, it's like, you can only do that so much. You're a human. Surely you know if someone keeps provoking you, eventually you're going to snap. You can take the high road as much so as you to, want. Yeah. But even Job had his limits. He God just didn't reach them in that story. But even Job has his limits. And when you push somebody, you can take the high road as much as you want. But eventually you're going to get that breaking point. You know what? Let me take this left off the turnpike onto the low road right now. Because you're just not getting it. Because this is the second time with Russell in a week. You know, the first time was the kid, incident with the kid, with the reached out and touched him, which, look, I have a perfect solution for the NBA with this. Take that first three rows of seats on the baseline, get them out of there. Make those media-only seats or just rip them out because the fans are Obviously not... Obviously can't handle themselves. The fans can't handle themselves, and it's a privilege to sit down there, in my opinion. I don't care how much they're paying, so if they can't handle it, they don't get to use them. And that'll take care of a lot of these situations. And the sad part is, I mean, of course, there's very good fans. And this only takes a few to, you know, give a bad apple, a bad look to all the fans. Right. You know, like, people look at a certain fan base a certain way. But just because there are certain fans, that doesn't mean they're all like that. But it only takes a few to give a fan base a certain image. You Case know? in point, Philadelphia. Not, yeah. <laughs> And like jazz, there's good jazz fans. There's great jazz fans. The jazz are have a great fan base. Mm-hmm. It only takes a couple incidents and a couple pe- people to make them look like they're a terrible fan base, or you know they're not good fans and they heckle players and give them that reputation. And it's sad that it has to be like that. But you have certain people who don't know how to act like adults, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm right where it- <laughs> I'm right there with you guys. I agree completely. And if you don't agree with us, I would love to hear why, because this doesn't make sense to me. This isn't a gray area. There's right, there's wrong, there's black, there's white, there's no gray area in this. That being said, I'm going to wrap this one up. I want to thank you both for joining me on this kind of double feature podcast. And if you like what you heard, which you better because these guys are great, you should follow Daryl at DKJunior12. That's DKJR12. And you can follow Diolante at Diolante D, D I A L A N T E D. And you can find me at Becca MVP. If you don't know that by now, I cannot help you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Network, and we will see you soon. Wow, 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 wow,
me cool to you. I got too much on my mind right now. I ain't got the time to get you sailing right now. I got too much on my mind right now. Tell that hero tail, get my baby thirty Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.